for listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Yes, we are starting a little bit late due to the impeachment hearings. But with that, we are going to have some bonus time as the sports page will be on air until 7 o'clock. So we got 15 extra minutes to talk some sports. So actually, a little negative, you know, being 45 minutes late, Landon, we're going to turn it into a positive and get a nice uh, hour, 15-minute show uh, for the listeners today. That's right. It'll be well worth the wait, uh, even though it was, uh, like you mentioned, a little later than usual. But uh, an extra 15 minutes to talk about sports, which uh, you and I uh, can both agree, we'll definitely take that anytime. And we should probably mention this will be the last sports page of the semester. It will also be the last sports page for... Uh, yourself, Landon, and myself as we are both graduating uh, this weekend. So we will n- no longer be on the WRST airwaves. Uh, so last sports page of our careers. Hopefully not our last sports talk show ever, but last sports uh, page of our career. And uh, we're going to send it off with a little bit of a hiccup starting at 545 and ending at 7 o'clock. But without... Further ado, let's give you a little outline of what we're going to talk about today. We'll adjust a little bit as we go, as we do have more time now. But we'll start with some Oshkosh sports, talk about men's basketball, as they got a win and a loss on the weekend, so they're now 5-3. and three. We'll cover uh, the Badger football loss against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game and talk about the Rose Bowl bid that they got against Oregon and then we will talk about your Green Bay Packers talk about their win yesterday uh, break down the rest of the NFL playoff picture and if we have any concerns about this Packer team and then we will end it with some Bucks best record in the NBA they're playing phenomenal basketball Giannis looking like he wants to have a second MVP this year And then if we have time, which I'm sure we will with the extra time, we'll talk some Badger basketball as well. And then we'll finally wrap it up with Landon and Stu's head-to-head picks, as always. And this is a big one uh, because this is the last show. And currently, my record is 11-9 and Landon's is 10-10. So it's it's coming down to the wire. Who's going to be victorious here? Well, we'll find out. We won't be able to recap because uh, this is the last show, so you'll just have to listen and then uh, look for the scores yourself, and then you can decide who was the best sports picker on the sports page. I'll give you a hint. It's me. I t- I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. It's me. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> so with that, UW Oshkosh men's basketball defeated Kelvin University on Saturday, 89-50, to their most dominant victory of the season thus far. Moves Oshkosh to five and three on the year. Kelvin to three and four. Oshkosh did lose Friday night. They uh, came into that matchup ranked third in the country. UWO records season best shooting percentage of fifty four point eight percent from the field and eighty six point seven percent from the free throw line, which is huge if you've been following this men's team as they have been struggling from the free throw line the entire season. To go thirteen to fifteen from the charity stripe and shoot at eighty seven percent is big for them. They also got twenty two points and nine rebounds from their preseason All American Adam Fravor and nineteen points and five rebounds from their other preseason All American 
Jack Flynn and UWO did lead one time in the game by 41 points. Impressive win. Very impressive win. And uh, great to see them come back with a huge win after suffering a tough loss in the previous game. Uh, this was a game that Oshkosh definitely should have won, and they did, uh, with uh, given Calvin College's record. So it was good to see Oshkosh take care of business. Uh, leaders like Jack Flynn and Adam Fravor, great to see them having a good game. Uh, Will Mahoney, too, uh, coming off the bench with 12 points. Nice to see him uh, getting some quality uh, minutes as well. Uh, so if you're Oshkosh, again, just continuing to play uh, solid basketball. Um, you know, unfortunately, they've had those three losses, but they've looked good in their wins. So that's been great to see. Uh, they'll have a few more non-conference games, and then they'll get into conference play in January. And uh, they've got a good shot again at making another run. I want to touch on uh, Oshkosh's lost on uh, loss on Friday, as like you mentioned, Oshkosh five and three. They look good in the wins, but I, you know, three losses this early in the year. I think um, most people were not expecting three losses already at this point. I'm not going to say it's a championship hangover. Um, they played some good teams. Um, they lost a couple good pieces. They got to, you know, uh, find their mesh, find their gel point, and kind of uh, get in a rhythm with um, some of their new players, like Will Mahoney, uh, Mahoney coming off the bench. Um, but it is a little bit surprising for them to be 5-3 and three, um, at this point. And then they lost to Elma College of Michigan Friday night. Uh, Flynn had 19 points in that game as well. Adam Fravor leading the way with 25. So a couple big games by Fravor this weekend. Oshkosh did out-rebound Elma College uh, 45-35. So, you know, plus 10 on the rebounding margin. Uh, but the big thing was they had double the turnovers um, of Elma. 14 turnovers to their 7. And then Elma had 16 points off Oshkosh's turnovers where Oshkosh only uh, scored five points off of almost seven turnovers. So turnover battle was kind of the main reason for Oshkosh losing that game. And it's a tough game. It's on the road. It's at Michigan. Uh, but come conference play, Oshkosh is going to have to tighten it up just a little bit, which I think they will. Um, it, like I mentioned, you know, it takes a little time to get these new pieces, you know, working together as one fluid team and fluid uh, engine. But I'm a little surprised that they're five and three. I don't know about you. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, it, it was kind of difficult to forecast this team coming into this year because of the losses, uh, the two seniors, Brett Witchout and Ben Boots. We really didn't know how the team was going to uh, rebound off of the two guys graduating and those uh, two uh, guys that would have to fill in in the starting lineup. Um, I think we, we knew they were going to be good because of guys like Adam Fravert and Jack Flynn coming back and Connor Duax as well. Um, but yeah, it is a little surprising that they've lost, uh, you know, the three games that they have and uh, especially their first game to uh, in-state opponent in uh, Carthage College. They lost that game by seven, a little surprising there. Uh, but still, they've, they've got, you know, the pieces and the talent certainly to, uh, you know, really put a solid season together. Uh, I think when you look at the WIAC, you're going to have some quality teams, but Oshkosh has a shot to be the best team in the conference. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to have some tough games. They'll probably suffer some more losses, but uh, that isn't to say that they can make another run like they did. Yes. Uh, last year, but I, I still don't know if they're going to be able to make the run that they did last year, given the fact that they did lose, you know, Ben Boots and Brett Wichell, two huge pieces to last year's team. 
Yeah, I think it's important to remember that um, to do what they did last year, only one team does that every year, you know, in each division. Only one team wins the Division Three National Championship. Um, so the expectations are high. Um, so I, it's not – the season is not a failure if they don't repeat as champions. Um, not many teams in any sport at any level um, win back-to-back championships. Uh, but I think it's reasonable – for them to compete for a WIC conference championship, um, compete for the tournament championship, and make a little bit of a run um, in the tournament as well, and take a little bit of uh, some positives out of that loss on Friday against Elma College. Freshman Levi Borgchurt had 12 points, so you like to see the freshman off the bench chipping. We've seen what Will Mahoney can do. And now uh, Borcher chipping with double-digit points, a freshman as well. And then Eric Peterson, the sophomore, with 12 points as well. So they got a nice bench. They got a nice young crew. Um, it's not hit, It's not time to hit the panic button whatsoever. 5-3 uh, and three is a good record. Um, they haven't even started conference play yet. Um, so they're, they're doing just fine. They're playing some tough teams. Um, it's going to take a little while to get this thing going. But I think a couple of these losses can be a good thing to kind of just get them focused like, hey, you're not just some team that's going to roll past everybody because you won a championship last year. You lost two key starters last year, um, very big starters like you mentioned, Landon, um, Boots and uh, Wichow. You can't just replace those in a blink of an eye. It, it takes time. And, you know, they have the pieces. They have the bench. Like I said, they got some nice freshmen in Borcher and Mahoney. But it takes time. I think myself included, maybe I had a little bit too high of an expectations for them early. Kind of just expected, oh, well, they still got Flynn coming back. They got Fravor coming back. But I don't think it's only me. They, I mean, they were preseason ranked second in the nation. So, you know, they were expected to be good early, and they are good. Um, you know, they they just beat, some, you know, Kelvin by 30 points. Um, but they're going to have to tighten it up in conference play. I think the other thing to mention, too, is, you know, everybody else in Division Three knows that these guys won the national championship last year. So, you know, the head coaches of these opponents are certainly telling their guys, you know, give Oshkosh your best shot because you're playing the defending national champion. You want to give – you know, them a run for their money every game. So uh, I think, you know, certainly Oshkosh has been tested getting, you know, the opposing team's best shots. And, uh, you know, they've come up short a few times. They've been able to get uh, a few close wins. But, uh, yeah, I think they're they're definitely the hunted, you know, not the hunters when you look at the the grand scheme of things in Division Three. Yeah, when you're getting every team's best shot, um, it's it's different. It's a different perspective going into that game, and I won't necessarily say they were the hunter last year because they were in the national championship the game before or the year before, excuse me. So like they were good and they were getting other teams' best shot, but they were the hunter as you know they fit uh, fell short of winning that championship and they had that on their mind. And you know after you win a championship, like you said, everyone's gonna give you their best shot. They want to be able to go back to their school and you know tell their fans and. Uh, their friends that they beat the team that won the national championship the year before. Um, so a little bit to tighten up a little bit uh, coming into conference play. They are averaging 82.5 points per game. So offense is clicking only 61.5% from the free throw line. That is a little alarming. And it's that, and that's with 
them going 13 and 15 from last game. So it was, you know, in the 50s before last game, but seems like they're maybe improving a little bit. They're grabbing about 45 boards a game and dishing about 14 and a half assists a game. So just got to make, make more free throws, tighten it up a little bit on the defensive end and the turnovers, and I think they'll be in some decent shape. So any final thoughts, Landon, on um, this Oshkosh men's basketball team? Um, you know, certainly since, um, you know, you and I, um, with us graduating, won't be able to see these guys in person. Uh, I really hope they can continue to, uh, play well together, build off of, uh, you know, their, their early games here and build off of these wins too. um, you know, continue to play well together, continue to make smart decisions, uh, shooting free throws is going to be big as we touched on. And, uh, I think just, you know, focusing on playing Oshkosh Titan basketball like they did last year and, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I don't know if they're going to make another run like they did last year, but they've got the pieces to do it. We'll have to see what the rest of the competition has in store, though. Coming up, coming up next, we're going to talk Badger football, college playoffs, and Rose Bowl for your Badger football team against the Oregon Ducks. You're listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. to this program here. You're listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. I'm Stuart Atkinson. Landon Moore in studio with me as always. Again, if you're just joining the show, this is our last sports page ever as we're both graduating this weekend. And I believe, Landon, it's both of our last time on air for WRST as they're are no home games for men or women's basketball this week um, coming up till Saturday. So this will be the last time we were ever on air um, for WRST. Yeah, kind of shocking. Boy, it's it's gone by so fast. Just thinking about all that you and I, Stuart, have done uh, over our course of time here for UW Oshkosh and WRST. But we'll try to soak in this last hour here as much as we can and uh, you know try to provide you with some uh, great content. So with that, we will dive into some Badger football. As many of you know, heartbreaking loss on Saturday in the Big Ten Championship game. 0-3 now, I believe, against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Moves the uh, Badgers record to 10-3. and They lose that game 34-21. to They were ahead at the half 21-7. to And then did not score in the second half. Gave up 27 points in the second half. Just a tough loss. And I, I'm a positive thinker when I'm watching games. I, I don't assume the worst. But at halftime, I did not feel good about the I didn't think the Badgers were necessarily going to lose. But I knew Ohio State had a couple punches in them. They were the number one team in the nation for a reason. We've seen this story Many times we've seen, we saw Wisconsin go up huge against Penn State in the Big Ten Championship game a couple years ago and blow that one as well. And at, at the half, I wasn't like, you know, high-fiving and excited like, oh, we got this. I was just kind of staying calm, getting ready for the second half because I knew it was going to be a dogfight, and it was a dogfight. And, you know, you get, tip your caps to Ohio State. They just they got faster players. Um they showed out in the second half. They really did. Yeah. Um, you know, this loss, um, you know, thank you personally here. I, 
uh, was not as crushed by this loss as I was to the loss two years ago when the Badgers had a shot to go to the college football playoff and blew that game, in my opinion. Uh, this was certainly a more formidable loss. Uh, they lost to a, a much more superior team in Ohio State this year who deserves to obviously be in the college football playoff as they are. And uh, for Wisconsin, you got to give them credit, though. They really came out in that first half and, and uh, made Ohio State really try to, uh, you know, uh, game plan for for something that I don't think they were prepared for and and coach Paul Chris deserves a lot of credit for that but um, Ryan Day though and his guys just an unbelievable job of responding and making adjustments in that second half uh, most notably playing a lot of zone uh, when it came to the Badgers passing scheme uh, there was a lot of man-to-man in that first half and it worked for Wisconsin uh, but they just could not get anything going in the second half uh, the offense for Ohio State just too good J.K. Dobbins really showing off in that second half so um, for Wisconsin, they put up a good fight. Uh, obviously, it did not turn out the way they wanted to, but still, uh, having an opportunity to play in the Rose Bowl uh, for the first time in six years is going to be a, a really great accomplishment for this Wisconsin team. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on Jack Cohn a little bit. Um, I know I said many times throughout um, this semester that I didn't know if Cohn was the guy that could beat Ohio State. And yes, I was right. They went 0-2 against Ohio State. But it's not because of Jack Cohn necessarily won. Ohio State, number one team in the nation. Yeah, They dropped to the two seed now for the playoffs. But they were the number one team at the time. Um, maybe the most complete team in college football. I've been saying they were the best team all year. Um, and Cohn did everything that you wanted him to do. Um, he threw for 232 yards. He did not throw any interceptions. He moved the chains multiple times on third downs with his feet. He rushed for two touchdowns. He gave you a chance to win. So I, I want to tip my cap to him, and I'm proud of him for the way he performed. But you know there's a but coming. I think he played amazing for his talent, and he gave us a shot. And th- that's a, that's the problem that he played the best he can play, and we still lost by two scores. And in the second half, he kind of disappeared. And, yes, Ohio State's defense cranked it up, and he's playing against a tremendous defense. But what what we've been saying is the Badgers lack a quarterback that can go win you a game in the second half. The first half, you know, the first 15 plays are – schemed and scheduled by Paul Christ. So you can practice those over and over and over. Second half, teams make adjustments. You don't have scripted plays. And then that's when Cone is not a liability, but he's not that guy that can go win you a game like Justin Fields can. Going into the second half, Ohio State said, Justin Fields, go win us the game. They ran it with Dobbins. Fields was phenomenal. He threw for 299 yards, three touchdowns. He went and won that game with a bad knee. With a bad knee, he went and won that game. Obviously, it was a group effort. But Justin Fields, I mean, if they don't have good quarterback play, they're not going to win that second half. And Cone played great. But what what we've been saying is Cone and the quarterbacks the Badgers have, they're good enough to beat the Purdue's. They're good enough to get to double-digit wins. They're good enough to get to a Big Ten championship game. They're good enough to be up by 14 points at halftime. But are they good enough to close and go fourth quarter, you're down seven points, ten points. We don't have time to just hand it off and run it. 
We need to throw the ball. The defense knows you're throwing the ball. We need you to go win the game. That's not who Jack Cohn is. So I'm not upset with him because we're, we were asking him to do something that isn't what he is and who he is. And he played phenomenal. And I want to tip my cap to him. But with that said, I don't know if the Badgers are ever going to get into the playoffs or get over that hump unless they have a quarterback that is just one or two more notches above what they've had over the last 20 years besides the one season of Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough to make comparisons here. Uh, but time and time again, we have compared, uh, you know, these um, you know quarterbacks like Cohen to Russell Wilson, and we just want them to be, you know, somewhat of, of a quarterback that Wilson was for Wisconsin. And I don't know if, if the Badgers, you know, will have a guy like Wilson ever again play for him. Um, because you think about what Wilson did, and, you know, he won the Badgers uh, that first uh, championship against Michigan State back in, I think, t- 2011. And, you know, that was a good team back then for Wisconsin. And it was Wilson who did it, you know, through the air, through the ground. Uh, he made plays happen for Wisconsin. And Jack Cohn, you know, yeah, this was his first year as the starting quarterback for Wisconsin. But, you know, like we've been talking about, he's he's only limited to doing so much. And um, give, give him credit, though. I mean, he made good decisions, especially on third down, running for those first downs, making good throws to Cephas when he had to. But, you know, like you said, you know, he was limited in the second half based on what Ohio State put in front of him. And he just couldn't get anything going. So um, I don't know if, if you're Wisconsin here, if you if you maybe try to go to a, you know a guy like Graham Mertz for next season. But you know it's it's difficult to see this result, the same result that's happened for the last you know two, three, four years, happen again. And you know I don't want to root against Cone. He's a phenomenal person, phenomenal player, and he played great. So it's going to be hard um, for Chris uh, Polk. Uh, Chris to start Graham Mertz over Cone next year when the Badgers won 10 games, potentially 11. They got to a Big Ten championship game. They're going to a Rose Bowl, first time in, what, six years? Um, it's going to be hard to not start him next year. It's going to be almost impossible. Um, but with that said, the Badgers have been getting the Big Ten championship games quite frequently. I think I believe they have been to the most Big Ten championship games in the Big Ten. They haven't won the most, but they've been to the most. They, they, they're good enough. They know how to get to Big Ten championship games. We need them to start winning some of those games. And when you're in a Big Ten championship game, you can't go scoreless in the second half. You just can't do that. I know Ohio State's phenomenal. They're a number one team. They're going to the playoffs. And it's Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and everybody else. I mean, even between Oklahoma and the rest of them, there's a gap. And I understand that. But when you get to a Big Ten championship game, you cannot go an entire second half without scoring the ball. You just can't do that. Um, and next year, the Badgers, you know, they're going to have a great team. They're going to probably win nine or ten games. They're going to be back in the Big Ten championship game maybe. Um, and if they face Ohio State, do we have any confidence that they're going to be able to play any different in the second half? Unfortunately, I don't. I don't. And I sound like a really negative Badger fan right now. And I, we're extremely lucky to have a team that can go to a conference championship game every other year or every year. Um, we've seen them in what? This will be our fourth Rose Bowl we've seen. Um, they're, you know, 99, 2000, but, you know, we're, you know, four or five. So we're not going to count those. But I mean, you know, 
for us watching, I mean, this is the fourth Rose Bowl already. You know, fans of Colorado and Arizona State and all that, they don't get that. So I, I'm not ungrateful at all. But at some point, if you want to take the next step and you want to be as good as Ohio State and get to the playoffs, you can't go second half of a championship game and not score. You just can't have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the tough part about where Wisconsin has been these last few years, even going back to 2017 when it really looked like they had a chat, uh, a little bit legitimate shot of going to the college football playoff. They just had to beat Ohio State, and they couldn't do it. They, they fell, fell short in that game. So, uh, I mean – until we both see something different, you know, you just have to expect the same result over and over again. And, um, you know, but I agree, Stuart. I would say that, yeah, we have to be grateful for Badger fans here, getting to these conference championships, going to Rose Bowl, something that some of these other teams would just dream of and would be very grateful for. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to see teams like Ohio State consistently make these college football playoffs and not, you know, have a team like Wisconsin who could – potentially beat them and get in but they just keep continue to fall short yeah they're a quarterback away that the, their defense and their uh receiver weapons and obviously taylor their running back they're good enough to be a contender in the playoffs they're just a quarterback away and you know most college teams are a quarterback away because you know it's hard to find a quarterback in the nfl let alone college um but hopefully um they can get over the hump but with that before we move on to a brief discussion on the Rose Bowl. I want to ask you one question. At the half, your honest opinion, did you think Wisconsin was going to win the game? No. Uh, I just thought Ohio State was going to make the adjustments that they that they needed to, and obviously they did. Uh, that's just too good of a team, you know, not to, you know, play another half like they did in the first half. They they honestly did not play very well at all in the first half. You you knew they were going to come back, and, you know, I thought it was, it was going to be somewhat of a close game. I thought Wisconsin would maybe score some points in that second half. I just wasn't expecting a shutout but still I mean once you saw Ohio State get momentum going then you were like oh yeah this is this is going to be their game to win yeah and I'm right there with you and it didn't help that Ohio State scores a touchdown in the third quarter in under a minute 30 seconds so just like that it's a one possession game not even two minutes into the second half now you're on your heels right away and then you had the missed field goal um and I, I was right there with you at half, at the half I was I did not feel great about the even though they were up 14 points. I did not feel great about them winning that game. But even with that loss, they played them close, and it was the number one team, and they made it to the Big Ten championship game. So with all that, the committee put them in the Rose Bowl ahead of Penn State, uh, which makes me extremely happy. I thought the committee was going to put Penn State in the Rose Bowl over Wisconsin. I really did. Um, they saw us blow the game to Ohio State. Uh, I thought they were going to put Penn State in. I'm happy Wisconsin got in, and now they got a tough opponent in the Oregon Ducks. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, it should be a fantastic game. Uh, Oregon coming off of a Pac-12 championship win against Utah on Friday night. Uh, You know, really that team is all about offense with Justin Herbert, uh, you know, really uh, leading a dynamic offense, which will give the Badgers defense uh, a little bit of trouble, but still just the way the Badgers defense has played all year long, uh, I'm confident that they'll play well. Um, the real question is going to be, you know, again, Jack Cohn, how is he going to perform? Jonathan Taylor, it sounds like he is going to play in the bowl game. So, uh, you know, that's going to be huge to have him possibly have a big game. Uh, but it should be a fantastic game. Badgers, uh, unfortunately, haven't had a lot of success in the Rose Bowl the last three appearances, including against the Ducks in t- uh, 2012. But uh, hopefully they can get a win this time around and, uh, you know, really finish it off the season on a high note. 
Yeah, they lost to uh, TCU in the Rose Bowl. They lost to Oregon, and then uh, they lost to Stanford in the Rose Bowl. So three uh, tough Rose Bowls. And one of those, I can't remember which one it was, but Barry Alvarez came down and coached for the Badgers because Brett Bielema left for Arkansas. Yeah, I I can't remember which one, but Alvarez came down. He was undefeated in Rose Bowls. Um, I don't know if that technically goes under his record or not, uh, but that was kind of cool to see Alvarez go down there and coach that game. I can't remember if it was the Oregon or, Stan- or Stanford game, uh, but nonetheless, they've lost their last three, uh, so hopefully uh, Bucky can pull out a Rose Bowl win, and even with that tough Big Ten championship loss, they're, if they win... They are still Big Ten West champions and Rose Bowl champions. And, I mean, the only thing else you could ask for is, you know, to be in the college football playoff. So, phenomenal season could even be better um, if they pull out a victory against the Oregon Ducks. And Vegas has the Badgers as a three-point favorite in that game. So, Vegas says Wisconsin's the better team. Um, So, it's going to be a good game. And I'm happy Jonathan Taylor's playing. If he did not play, I would 100% understand. I would not be mad or disappointed. I'm pro player. I understand that he's got a lot of money. Um, and he's got to worry about his future. Um, we all assume he's going to declare for the NFL draft after this year, and I don't blame him at all. Um, I, I, I don't like when people bash the college players for seeing out the bowl games. You know, they have to think about their future. They got to think about their families. Um, and we would do the same. Um, so I'm I'm pro player, um, but I am happy um, with him playing. Um, one last game to see him in that Badger white or red, depending on what colors they're going to be. Um, it's going to be nice to see him running the rock one last time, and maybe he can go for two, 300 yards on that Pac-12 defense and maybe bring home a Rose Bowl. So with that, we are going to take um, a quick break, and when we come back, we will give our college football playoff predictions and who we believe is going to win the college football championship. You're listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Welcome back to the sports page. You're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Landon Moore, Stuart Atkinson in studio for you folks. Again, our program started late at 545 and we will be going until 7 o'clock. So stick around for another 42 minutes or so to get all your latest sports takes and news. So with that, we are going to give our college football playoff predictions as the four teams in the college football playoffs landing are LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU knocking off Ohio State to take that one seed. Ohio State falls to the two seed, Clemson three seed, Oklahoma four seed. So it will be LSU versus Oklahoma and then Ohio State versus Clemson. So let's go LSU-Oklahoma first. Your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, this is a game that I think LSU will win and possibly win handily. Uh, They're just too good. Uh, Joe Burrow, what he's done this year has been uh, remarkable, and that offense is uh, unstoppable at points. Oklahoma, I just don't think, is going to have enough to keep up. Uh, so I'm going to take the Tigers in that first semifinal. I agree with you. I like the Tigers there. Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman hands down. 
been the best player all year in college football. Vegas has LSU as 10-point favorites in this game. Um, I think Jalen Hurts and that offense can make it a close game, and they're good enough where they could pull out, pull off that upset. But LSU, they have been destroying teams. They are the first team. Listen to this stat. They are the first team since Notre Dame in 1943 to win five games against top 10 teams. They beat five teams in the AP top 10 this year. That's the first team to do it since Notre Dame in 1943 or 1941. One of the two. 1941 or 43. So early 40s, Notre Dame, old school football. They're the first team to beat five top 10 teams. They beat Alabama at Alabama. They beat the top 10 Florida. They beat a top 10 Auburn. They went on the road and beat a top 10 Texas team. I mean, this team is, and they're doing it normally LSU when they're in the championship game, you know, a few years back against Alabama and then Ohio State. It's because of their defense. Their defense is average. They're doing it because nobody can stop them. They have the best quarterback in college football. They're putting up 40 points a game. Oklahoma's defense is going to have a tough time against this Tiger offense. So I got LSU beating Oklahoma uh, by double digits. Yeah, and then the second semifinal game, Ohio State and Clemson, uh, this probably will be a closer game. I know a lot of people will probably say they are excited about this semifinal more so than the first one. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio State only because uh, Clemson, yet, you know, you know, they are undefeated. They've had a great year, a lot of talent, uh, but they have not played uh, a team anywhere near uh, a, a Ohio State team like they're going to play. Um, you know, you think about Clemson's opponents, you know, the ACC hasn't been, you know, very good at all. Um, Clemson's, you know, superior team by far. Uh, crushed Virginia in the championship game on Saturday. Um, so they haven't really played a team like Ohio State yet, and they're going to run into a buzzsaw. That defense uh, with Ohio State, you know, like, um, you know, us Wisconsin fans have seen uh, Chase Young, remarkable player, uh, candidate for the Heisman Trophy, Justin Fields, another candidate for the Heisman Trophy, uh, and what he's done on the offensive end along with J.K. Dobbins and those receivers. Um, you know, yeah, they, they've just been unbelievable all year long. Uh, we saw what they did, unfortunately, in the second half of the Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, despite being down, they were able to come back and rattle off 27 unanswered points and uh, didn't help, uh, hold Wisconsin to any points. So, uh, you know, despite being a t good team, Clemson just has not faced a team uh, anywhere close to Ohio State, and that's why I like the Buckeyes to win that semifinal game. Quick update, as I just received a message from another WRST Sports reporter Adam Van Handel, Barry Alvarez coached the Rose Bowl when they played Stanford. So we do have an update on that. We I knew it was uh, Stanford or um, Oregon, but I couldn't remember which one. So it was against Stanford. And now back to the – I've been saying all year, Landon, didn't I say – I said this when Ohio State was, what, ranked third, fourth? and um, Bama and LSU were up there and George were up there when Ohio State was like fourth or fifth and Clemson was number one. What did I say all year, Landon? Ohio State was number one. I said they were the best team in the country, top to bottom, special teams, defense, offense. Firmly believe it all year. Clemson's going to win this football game. <laughs> I tell you, I've been right on Ohio State. They have been the best team all year, I believe. 
But Clemson, they have played nobody. Like you said, they've played nobody. Clemson won the national championship last year. They've won the championship twice. One with Deshaun Watson and one with Trevor Lawrence. They lost one with Deshaun Watson. They have the playoff experience. They're the defending champions. They were preseason number one in the country. Went undefeated, blew everybody out, and they fall all the way to three, and everyone forgets about them. They're rested. They don't have any injuries. They have no notable injuries. They have not had to play a fourth quarter pretty much all year. So they're rested. I understand Ohio State's going to have, you know, the game's not until New Year's Eve or whatever it is. Um, But Clemson is more rested. They don't have as many injuries. Justin Fields, I mean, he played great, uh, but his knee is still a little banged up. But we forget they are defending national champions. They went undefeated. They are preseason number one. They have just as much NFL talent on their team as Ohio State. Trevor Lawrence is the best football player in college football. I know that sounds contradicting because I just said Joe Joe Burrow has been the best player this year. He's played the best. He's got the best statistics, and he's played the best. The best quarterback and best player is Trevor Lawrence. He will be the number one pick in the NFL draft when he declares next year because he's still one year too early, and he's going to be a primetime NFL player. That's my prediction, and I firmly believe that. And I just think Clemson... They're going to play up this underdog role. Davo Sweeney is going to say, no one believes in you. You won the championship. You went undefeated. You fall to number three. No one believes in you. I just think they're going to play this underdog role, and they're going to come out. It's going to be a close, close game. I think it's going to be a – it's the best game of the day. Um, LSU-Oklahoma will be great, but this Ohio State-Clemson game is going to be one of the the best ones we've seen in the – last decade or so, I I believe. It's going to be a phenomenal game. But I think Clemson wins. I just think they're rested. I think they're going to have that little chip on their shoulder uh, that nobody believes in them. I think they're going to come and punch Ohio State in the mouth, and they're going to win, um, you know, by about a field goal or four points a game, you know, in the 30s. That That's my prediction. And I've said all year Ohio State's the best team in the country, and I and I believe it. But the best team doesn't always win. And I just think Clemson can match up with them. They're more rested. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback, and he's played phenomenal over the last six weeks or so. I mean, they've won like, what, four or five straight games by 25-plus points. I mean, yes, their schedule's been easy, but they've been smacking these teams. I think Clemson wins this game. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, you you <laughs> you could make a solid argument there. My only concern, though, with Clemson, though, is – and I alluded to this earlier, is they have not played a team like Ohio State. Are they going to be mentally and physically re- uh, prepared for what they're going to see in that game? I don't know. Well, my well, my answer would be yes, because they did last year against Alabama, and they beat them. They smoked them. I know this year's different, but it's not like they're a new upcoming team that went undefeated in a bad conference, and now they made the playoffs, and we haven't seen them in the playoffs before. We don't know what this quarterback can do. We don't know... Uh, if their coach can coach in the limelight of the playoffs. It's not like a, um, let's pick a team. It's not like, um, let's say, Michigan. They haven't been in the playoffs. And, like, they went undefeated, had a bad schedule, 
and now they're in, and they're playing a team that they have been in the playoffs. They've beaten Alabama twice when they were the number one team. They've Trevor Lawrence has already won a championship. He's played against defenses this good. Maybe not this year, but he's played in moments like this. So I don't think that's going to be. I think people are oh they haven't played nobody good. This is the is yeah it's the first. They pretty much have just had a a year by to get ready for this game against Ohio State. I think Clemson wins. I honestly do. All right. So should we give our championship picks then? Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right. So uh, I'll be honest. I, I don't have a, a, a solid winner for this this championship game between LSU and Ohio State. Uh, for me, uh, it, it really could go either way. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't want to pick LSU just because they're number one because Ohio State easily could have been number one. Um, the, the one thing I will say, though, is Ohio State's defense, I think, could possibly win them that game against LSU. I know Joe Burrow and that offense has been unstoppable. They put up 40-plus points. It seems like every game they played. But Chase Young and those guys, you know Ryan Day is going to have an answer for Joe Burrow. We saw it against Wisconsin. You know he can come up with some sort of game plan to stop uh, them. It's just going to be a matter of putting it together. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Ohio State maybe has a slight advantage because of the defense. That's the only reason I'm I'm taking them though. I got Clemson winning it all. <laughs> I got I got Clemson winning it all. Um, and that's funny because I you know I've said all year Ohio State's the best team. Um, I still think Ohio State's the best team. I really do. I think Ohio State is the best team. They just happen to be playing the second or third best team in the country because it's playoff time and. The, the the margin between these teams is not huge. It's not like Ohio State is playing Purdue and there's a huge margin and Ohio State's better than Purdue. I think Ohio State is better than Clemson, but I think it's by just a smidge. And when it's just a smidge, um, turnovers, you know, coaching, rest, you know, Day's been phenomenal, but this is his first year. Dabble Sweeney's been there before. They got Trevor Lawrence. I, I think you get it. They get it done. And then against LSU. If LSU gets there, which I predict, like you said, it's going to be a dogfight. That's going to be one game. But I'm going to give Clemson the edge because LSU's defense, it's it's weird to say this, LSU defense is going to hold them back, not their offense. But I think Clemson overall, top to bottom, defense is much better than LSU's defense. I think Clemson gets it done and uh, they beat LSU. Well, with that being said, I would not be shocked if LSU wins the championship, and I would not be shocked if Ohio State won the championship. One of those, I would be shocked if Oklahoma wins it. If Oklahoma even beats LSU, I would be shocked. But between LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, those three teams, you're splitting hairs trying to figure out what team is better. Um, And that's why I think this playoff is going to be one of the best playoffs college football has had. Because a couple years ago, uh, it was, what, Alabama versus Washington. Nobody really believed Washington was going to beat Alabama. Um, and I know no one really thinks Oklahoma is going to beat LSU, but they've been there a few times. They have the experience. They have Lincoln Riley. They have um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, thank you. They have Jalen Hurts, um, who's won a national championship for Alabama. But between the matchup between Ohio State and Clemson and then the winner most likely playing Clemson, or excuse me, LSU, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And it's nice to not just have another 
Alabama, Clemson. As good as those games are, it's nice to get a little mix, mix up. And I, I can't remember the last time I've been this excited to watch the college football playoffs. I know it's going to be amazing. And uh, I'll just say this really quickly, too. How nice is it not to have Alabama in the college football playoff? It's nice to have other teams in there. And not to not to say that, you know, uh, Nick Saban and those guys don't deserve to be there. But it's just nice to see a change for once. So, you know, it's, it's good to see somebody else, you know, representing uh, the college football playoff and not, you know, having an Alabama again in the national championship like we've seen so many years now. Up next, we will talk about the Packers and their, I wouldn't say big win yesterday, but win against the Washington Redskins and their upcoming schedule and the NFL playoff situation. You're listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Back to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Again, sports page is from 545 to 7 o'clock tonight due to the impeachment hearing. So stick around with us for another 25 minutes or so, and then you will have the shuffle. So stick around for that as well. So we covered college. We covered Division One, Oshkosh. Then we covered the Badgers. Some college football talk. Now we get to the green and gold, the Green Bay Packers. They beat the Washington Redskins yesterday, landing 20 to 15, but not all that impressive. Your takeaways from the game. Yeah, I was uh, like you, uh, Stuart. I was hoping they were going to crush Washington. I was hoping that this would be a, uh, a game in which they would, you know, get out to a huge lead and then, you know, maybe pull Rodgers and some of those starters for, um, you know, the last few minutes of the game. But, you know, they were in a dogfight with Washington the whole way. Um, you know, it was disappointing to see them not come away with more points, especially in that second half. They got off to such a nice start on offense, uh, scored two touchdowns in that first quarter. And then the offense really struggled to get anything going. Uh, they had uh, that turnover late in the first half when it looked like they were going to score a touchdown. And then Rodgers uh, had that fumble there, which was uh, a disappointment. Um, you know, they couldn't convert on third down the majority of the second half. They had to settle for field goals. And, uh, you know, luckily the defense was able to step up. Um, but then again, it was Washington. It was their offense. Dwayne Haskins visibly injured uh, with an ankle injury. So, you know, they weren't really putting anything together. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, a win's a win, but certainly you don't feel good about this win, especially, um, you know, going against a team with a three and nine record and uh, a team they really should have blown out. So, um, but you know, Roger said it in his post game press conference, if they win ugly until they get to the Super Bowl, that's all that matters. Wins are wins. So, I mean, yeah, it's a win, but you know, it's a little concerning definitely to see them struggling against a team. They really should have blown out. And I, and I was at the game yesterday and it was not an impressive win. It was an ugly win, just like, you know, Aaron said. And I agree with him to an extent. Um, obviously, if they win ugly all the way to the Super Bowl, no one's going to have any complaints. You know, you want to get to the Super Bowl and then see what happens. Um, but that's typically when you win ugly against, like, a good team. If you're playing like this against Washington and then – when you played the um, good teams, 49ers, you got crushed. When you played, who the other, 
They got crushed by uh, the 49ers. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And then the Chargers, who's not even that good of a team, beat you. It just worries me that it took a ugly, a couple calls going your way to win by one point against the Lions at home. You only win by five against Washington when you were favored by 13 points. You got out to a 14-0 lead. So if you take the first quarter away, for three quarters, Washington outplayed you. For three quarters, Washington outplayed you 15-6. to six. I mean, that. think about it. For three quarters, the Washington Redskins outplayed the Green Bay Packers and outscored them 15-6. to six. And they're a couple weeks away from the playoffs. That has to be concerning. I understand they won. I understand they're 10-3. and three. I understand that the 49ers beat the Saints yesterday. So now the Packers are the two seed, and they have an opportunity to maybe get a bye. I understand all those things. But guess what? When you're in the playoffs, you play good teams. You don't play bad teams in the playoffs. So when you get to the playoffs, you're going to play the Saints, or you're going to play the 49ers, or you're going to play the Vikings, or you're going to play the Seahawks, and you're going to beat two of those teams in a, in a row, or if you fall out of the top two seeds, you're going to have to beat three of those teams in a row just to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the sky is falling. Anytime you win 10 games in the NFL, you're a good team. And there's still three games left. And you got Aaron Rodgers. But I have concerns that they, have, they haven't been playing that great lately. They really haven't. Um, giving up 15 points, that's phenomenal in the NFL. Um, I mean, it's the Washington Redskins, so I'm not going to take anything away from it. But defense getting their turnovers. But, I mean, the offense, you only can score 20 points on the Redskins. And for three quarters, you scored six points because you scored the 14 early. You scored those two touchdowns in the first quarter. And then you went three quarters against the Redskins and scored six points. Three quarters. You got two field goals. That has to be alarming. It has to be. It, it just has to be. It, it actually reminds me of uh, the Packers earlier this year. They got off to great starts. The offense, you know, the first couple drives, they put together touchdown uh, scoring drives. And then the offense would go dormant the rest of the game. We saw it against the Vikings in week two. They got it to a fast start, and then Minnesota slowly chipped away and made that game a lot closer than it should have been. And yesterday, watching that game, it was really no different. You know, yeah, they scored 14 points in that first quarter, but, you know, they couldn't do anything the rest of the game. The last three quarters, it was either three and outs, or they would move the ball down the field, and there would be some sort of turnover, or they would just, you know, they would settle for field goals when they should have been scoring touchdowns. So, yeah, very concerning. The fact that they had to, you know, really win that game of coming down to an onside kick with a minute left. It really shouldn't have been like that. It should have been a blowout from start to finish. Yeah, and, and I'm not looking for them to win by, you know, 30 points. But when there's one minute left in the game and it's a one-possession game, you you did not do your job when you're playing a far inferior opponent in the Washington Redskins. I understand they're an NFL team. But they got a rookie quarterback. Their offensive line is banged up and even healthy. It's not a good offensive line. You're at home. You have this great Lambeau field advantage. You get out to the early lead. You score two touchdowns right away. And then you you do nothing. Um, you had opportunities where you could have got points. And you take a sack. So now you're out of field goal range. You had another opportunity. And then Rodgers uh, gets strip sacked. Um, and they turn it over when they're about at the 35-yard line. It, it's it's just frustrating 
And, you know, being at the game, you can kind of see the play develop where you can't see it on TV. And I'm watching, it's like there's guys open. You can see him get open, and he's just dancing around. In the, and I, I don't want to criticize Aaron Rodgers because he's been the best quarterback in the NFL for many years. I, I wouldn't say he's the best quarterback in the NFL this year. Uh, but he's a first battle Hall of Famer, got us the Super Bowl, and we could do a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers. And um, what? Let, let's put it this way. When I'm criticizing Aaron Rodgers, you're nitpicking at greatness. I just want to make that clear. He's great, and we're just nitpick, nitpicking right now because that's all you can do because he's so great. I just want to make that clear. We're nitpicking right now. But he tends to hold on to the ball a little bit long sometimes because he's looking for like that big explosive play or rolling out. And then he's got guys open for the middle field, and he holds on to the ball, and then he has to roll out, and then there's nobody open. And then, I mean, there was numerous times that happened on like third and one, third and two, and then they had to punt. And um, it's just against the Redskins, you should not only win by five at home. I mean, you get three points for home field advantage in the NFL. I'm, that's what Vegas says. Three. So if this was on a neutral site, you take it, yeah, yeah, I'll play them by two points. You can't go three quarters and score six points against the Redskins. It's not going to work. And you can say it's an ugly win and they still won the game. Yeah, I get that. But guess what? We have proof. When they play like this against a good team, against the 49ers, how much fun was that to watch? How how much fun was that to watch? Yeah, I mean, it was was awful. Yeah, and then you just saw the 49ers go on the road, one of the toughest places to play in New New Orleans, and they put up almost 50 points on them. Do you think the Packers could go to New Orleans and put up 45, 50 points? Well, not after what we saw yesterday. No. I, I mean, but, you know, again, if they had the two seed, they get a bye and have a home game, you know, two wins, you're in the Super Bowl, and you fix a couple of things. It can happen, but they got to button up. They, they got to play cleaner. Well, and especially this next game here against a, a, all of a sudden pretty good Chicago Bears team that – we saw what they did to the the Cowboys on Thursday night. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, this looked like it was going to be an easy Green Bay win, but I'm not so sh- you know sure all of a sudden here after seeing how they played yesterday. Uh, this could be a lot closer than you know a lot of people thought, and uh, who knows? Maybe some people may be giving the Bears the advantage here. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it could either go you know Chicago or Green Bay's way, but this isn't going to be an easy you know Packer win like maybe we thought it was going to be. So. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, this looked like a, I wouldn't say a easy or gimme win, but this was one like, okay, Packers are going to win this game. Now, it's going to be a dogfight. Um, divisional game, you beat them in Chicago. Um, they definitely did, did not forget about that. They understand the Cowboys are up and down, and who knows what's going on with that organization, but they're still a talented football team, um, and they beat them. Uh, they, you know, had a nice comeback win against the Lions. I understand they had their third-string quarterback, but they've won a couple games now. Trubisky's looking better. He's using his feet again, and um, we've seen Trubisky uh, last year beat the Packers with his feet moving the chains. Now, you know, he's not the best thrower of the football ever, um, but with his feet, mobile quarterbacks, um, I would not be surprised if in the fourth quarter – the Packers are tra- trailing, or it's a one-possession game. I mean, I think the Packers will win, but th- I, this is going to be a close, close game. Uh, this is going to be a dogfight. 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to play, uh, you know, near perfect football for all four quarters. They can't, you know, you know, obviously punt and, and consistently, uh, you know, give Chicago advantages because, you know, that's when they get into trouble and that's when it becomes a lot closer than it should be. So um, I think if you're the Packers, though, you know, certainly take Trubisky seriously. We saw what he did to the Cowboys on Thursday night, using his legs, uh, moving the chains on third down. Uh, that's uh, been a part of his game that is – uh, really helped him uh, in his in his early career. So I think just a matter of slowing him down. Uh, I think, you know, overall the Packers will do well as far as, uh, you know, the passing game, uh, just defending that. But uh, Trubisky's, his legs are, are my number one concern uh, heading into this game Sunday. So Packers, tough game coming up. Um, not not going to be as easy as I think most of us thought it was going to be. So with that, what do you think the biggest weakness is on this Green Bay Packer team? Oh boy, that's that's a good question. Um I mean, not to be sar- sarcastic or anything, but right now they, their punt return game is not great, but no, in all seriousness, they 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 give up too many big plays on defense and they can't you know, really put the pedal to the metal on offense. I think their inability to uh, really, you know, push uh, the ball forward, you know, consistently through four quarters is is not there. I mean, the first quarter is great, but we saw it yesterday, only six points the re- remaining three quarters. So I think they're it just, you know, continually trying to score and, and, and put up, you know, huge points is, is right now, you know, their, their most uh, their biggest concern. Yeah, their lack of consistency on offense. Um, I agree with you there. It it's between that and you know their the defense giving up the big plays. Um, but right now the offense, the the defense is playing good enough where they can win games and maybe go to Super Bowl. But they're not going to win games because of their defense. Their defense isn't that good. They're good enough to keep you in games if your offense plays great. And right now the offense is playing. Good ish. Um, they, they need to get back to converting on third downs more. Um, and they need to p- put teams away. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. score six points in three quarters against a Redskins. You just can't do it. Um, that's not good. If you only score six points in three quarters against Washington, what do you think you're going to do when you go play the 49ers again? Or Seattle? Or Minnesota? That game at Minnesota is going to be telling. That is going to be because that's pretty much a playoff game. That's going to maybe divisions on the line and both teams are maybe probably going to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, that that's a playoff caliber team. You're on the road. We're, we're going to see uh, what, what the defense and offense is made of there. Uh, but with that, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Bucks. We'll have Landon and Stu's head-to-head picks. And then we'll do a little farewell um for myself and Landon as, again, this is our last show ever for the sports page and our last time ever being on the air for WRST. So stick around for that. You're listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Welcome back to the sports page. You're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Stuart Atkinson, Landon Moore in studio here. Milwaukee Bucks, 
20 and 3, Landon. 20 wins and 3 losses. I believe it was about three or four weeks ago where I went on a nice little rant here to close out our sports page. I was getting tired of listening to Bucks fans talk about how they're not blowing teams out. They're not playing good enough. This was I think they were seven and three at the time. They were seven and three or eight and three, and teams were, oh, they're not they only beat the Bulls by ten points and um they're not and I it's just like I had to put everybody in their place. Since then, they haven't lost a game, Landon. They haven't lost a game since I've said that. They're on a 14-game winning streak. They're 20-3. and three. They're at home tonight against the Orlando Magic. Magic 11-11. and 11. 500 team. Milwaukee should win this game um, fairly easily. Probably pull away late in the second half. Obviously, NBA. If the Bucks lose this game, just newsflash. If the Bucks lose this game tonight, it's okay. It will be okay. Trust me, it'll be okay. They'll be 20-4. and four. It's the NBA. You know, there's always a few games here and there where a team should win and they don't. Um, it's a long season. But the Bucs are going to win this game tonight. They're going to move to 21-3. 15 straight wins. And I, I just, I love being right. I love being right. I don't try and, you know, make myself right when I when I you know have when I say something on here and I'm wrong I'll come on here and say boy was I wrong I can't believe that team did that I was wrong but I was dead right about this I told everyone just chill relax appreciate what you're witnessing right now remember all the hard times appreciate what you're witnessing they were two games away from the finals last year they still have Giannis they're just fine best record in the NBA they look phenomenal Landon absolutely and uh Boy, can we go back to that win Friday night against the Clippers? That was unreal. Um, um, incredible. Incredible. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George going against two All-Stars, and they beat him by 28 points. They led that game, I believe, by 40 points at one point. They did. Giannis yep. didn't play for the majority of the fourth quarter because, obviously, why did he have to? Uh, had a phenomenal game on his birthday, by the way, uh, turning 25 on Friday. Um, crazy. I mean, that game should have been a lot closer than it was, and the Bucks just can it just it was unreal offensively defensively did not matter they were the far better team and uh that just proved to me that they are elite they are the best team in the nba um lakers have been good they're number two bucks are number one enough said couldn't agree with you more there landon bucks best team in the nba right now i think their biggest challenger in the east is probably the sixers um, they don't really scare me too much. Obviously, in the playoffs, you know, they got stars. Game's going to slow down. That's going to be a tough series. Um, but I feel great about this Milwaukee Bucks team. I wish we had more time to talk about the Bucks, But we got to get to Landon and Stu's head-to-head picks. And then we're going to have a nice little mini farewell to our listeners out there. So, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Landon's record 10-10. and He went 2-1 and last week. My record 11-9. and I went one and two last week. So I got a one-game lead on Landon. We got three games to go. They're all going to fire right now. Again, this is the last show, so we're not going to be able to come on. I'm not going to be able to gloat about my winnings or sulk in my loss, but I don't believe that's going to happen. So you guys can keep an eye on these three games. Um, and then just remember... Who was the winner between Stu and Landon's head-to-head picks? I think we know who it's going to be. But with that said, we'll we'll start with my game I picked 
first, and that's Thursday night football this week. New York Jets at the Baltimore Ravens. Over-under for this game is 45. Landon, what do you like here? That number is way too low. Uh, taking the over, without a doubt here, the, Ra- the Ravens could actually put up 45 points themselves. That offense is unbelievable. They're going to go against a very terrible Jets defense at home. Baltimore all the way, picking the over. I love the under here. I love it. And I can see by your face you're shocked. Let me tell you why. I don't have all the numbers in front of me right now, but I did a lot of research on this earlier. One, Thursday night football games, they go under more often than they go over. Teams that are home on Thursday night football and they're favored by 14 points or more. So Thursday night football, you're favored by 14 or more. The under hits over 80% of the time. Just a, just a little fun trend there. I would not have guessed that. So I will take, I think because I think they're going to be able to destroy the Jets, and I think they're going to put it on cruise control in the second half, and I don't think the Jets are going to be able to score on Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins this game maybe 31 to 10. That'll be 41. That'll, that'll get it under the 45. So I like to under there. All right, so my game, uh, this is coming up next Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are given two and a half, plus two and a half uh, for the game in that spread. Yeah, Chargers look good of late. I like the Vikings here, minus two and a half. I'll take the Vikings here. Um, They're trying to win the division. Uh, They're neck and neck with Green Bay. I think Minnesota goes uh, down to L.A. and gets a victory and does what Green Bay couldn't do against the Chargers. All right, I'm actually going to take the Chargers here plus two and a half. I think this could potentially be a trap game for Minnesota. Uh, I really liked what I saw from the Chargers yesterday. They put up 45 points against Jacksonville. Um, you know, Minnesota hasn't gone out west yet this year. Well, they they played Seattle, but still, they haven't played a defense like Sandy or Los Angeles. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to say the Chargers here. All right, last pick we're ever going to make on the WRST Airwaves, Landon. Monday Night Football tonight. Giants, Eagles, Eagles minus nine. Who do you like? I'm going to take Philly. This is this is their chance to really uh, make a statement and uh, obviously get this NFC East uh, back to uh, a tie with the, the Dallas Cowboys. Somebody's got to win that division. Uh, you know, the Giants obviously have struggled all year long. This is going to be a statement win for Philadelphia here to get back on track. What I could do is pick the Eagles. So I guarantee no matter what happens, you don't gain any ground on me on this pick. But we are different on the other two. So all I got to do is win one of those two, and I guarantee myself a victory on the year. But I'm not going to do that. I think the Eagles win this game. Nine points is too many points. The weather is going to be bad. I don't trust Philadelphia the way they're playing. I think Philadelphia wins this game. Eagles are going to win this game. They're a far better team. High on the Eagles tonight. Nine points, too many. I'll take the Giants plus nine on the road. Reluctant, reluctantly, I'll take I'll take the Giants plus nine. I don't love it, but I'm going to take it just because, I mean, the Eagles, I mean, they can't even beat the Dolphins. Um, I, I'm not trusting them to cover nine points. I think they win, but I'll take the Giants uh, plus nine. So with that, that does wrap up the last edition ever of the sports page hosted by Landon Moore and myself, Stuart Atkinson. We have just under a minute here. Um, I'll give Landon uh, 30 seconds here uh, to just give his final thoughts. Yeah, I just want to give a big thank you to all the listeners out there who have tuned in, not only just to the sports page, but to all of our WRST content. 
the the games you know all of our student run programming here uh we couldn't do it without your support and uh for you personally Stuart, it's been uh just an unbelievable experience working with you uh the highlight obviously the national championship down in fort wayne uh couldn't have asked for a better person to call that game with and to to do this show with so uh, i'm truly honored i'm gonna miss doing this uh every week here for wrst but it's been an unbelievable experience uh, and uh, i'm definitely thankful for it so i appreciate those kind words um can't really say much else that that you didn't say landon um highlight of my um four years here was calling that national championship game with you uh went to, went to want to called it with anybody else um not many people call national championship games. I mean, professional broadcasters don't get to call national championship games. Um, it's something that I'm going to hold dear to my heart for a long time. Um, that was a spe special day for me for many reasons. Um, I had a great time uh, being on the WRST airwaves. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there. Um, again, you know, these shows are nothing without you listening, so we, we appreciate that. Um, it's been an honor and with that, Landon Moore and Stuart Atkinson, we're going to sign off here for the last time um, on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Listen to us. Hopefully we'll be on the airwaves um, someplace um, in Wisconsin or in this country. Again, this has been the Sports Page. Stick around for the shuffle. You're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh.